everyone. Welcome to Harmony Podcast, the podcast that explores the intricate connections between environment, lifestyle, and culture. My name is Alaolua Adetula, and I'm happy to be hosting my great brother today uh, in person of Khalil Waji. Welcome, Khalil. Hi, Ola. Thank you very much. It's a, it's a real privilege to join you. Thank you. So the Harmony Podcast. I've been following you online and this is a really terrific. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Today, we'll be talking about integrated landscape management. So this is a critical topic of discussion right now, especially in Africa, where we need people to take responsibility for the environment. And for me personally, this is very important. And that is why we have Khalil on the show. He's a professional in this field and he's ready to give us great, great insights as far as integrated landscape management is concerned. Khalil, welcome once again. Thanks so much, Ola. Really excited to be here. Okay. Um, please, can you give us a quick background of yourself, um, what you do, maybe very quickly? Sure. Yeah, thanks. Well, Ola, first, let me just say, uh, I just saw online that you, you've won a very prestigious award um, on the Excellent Actions for Global Youth Development. So just to say, uh, very well deserved and best of luck. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my name is uh, Khalil Waldron, as you introduced me. Um, I'm the deputy coordinator of a program called Landscapes for Our Future, uh, which is run by the Center for International Forestry Research and World Agroforestry, C4ACRAFT, a bit of a long name uh, for the moment, uh, based here in Nairobi, but we're actually a, a group of scientists and implementers um, in, in five or six different countries around the world. Our program's comprised of 22 different projects uh, in 20 different countries. Um, some of these are, are, uh, are actually trans-boundary projects, so they actually uh, uh, they're actually conservation areas or landscapes which actually border or are cross-border um, of, of political boundaries as well. So with C4ECRAFT, I help to coordinate what we call the central component, mm. which is a support facility, a knowledge exchange hub, uh, which sits right in the middle of these 22 different projects. So we don't implement any of the ILM projects uh, specifically. But our role is actually to, to learn lessons from the implementation and to, to provide uh, knowledge exchange and capacity development for these project implementers who are really trying to implement ILM in various different contexts around the world. So that's really quickly uh, the professional side. Other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have just moved back to Nairobi about two years ago. I'm born, on, uh, born in Nairobi, wow. grew up in Canada, and uh, yeah, an avid, bird, an avid bird watcher and a lover of sports. So glad to join you all today. Wow, that's that's amazing. You 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 have a great journey, I must say. And um, to provide a, a bit of more context, I I can say I've been following you um, from the days of IFSA. <laughs> you know, I happen to be to be a former IFSA LC president in one of the institutions here in Nigeria. <laughs> so I've followed you from the days of IFSA. You know. <laughs> Everyone likes. Yeah, happy to meet you again. 
Yes, of course. Uh, former IFSA colleagues, yes. IFSA, obviously, the International Forestry Students Association. So uh, I think once an IFSA alum, we're, we're always part of that network. So yeah. Hopefully, we have some students who are listening today. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Um, let us dive in into, into the conversation proper. For the integrated landscape management, I know a lot of people might not be aware of what it is. Tell us about the concept of integrated landscape management. Can you tell us what it's about for people who are not aware? Yeah, certainly. And I think maybe before I, I answer, I'll, I'll just sort of caveat my responses by saying that, you know, I, I myself come from a biophysical lens. I'm a Mm. trained soil scientist and a trained forester, uh, um, at least in formal training. So I've, I've been very privileged over the last two and a half years um, to, to work at C4 ECRAF and ruminate on this idea of an integrated landscape management approach mm. with with our team. So, you know, m- much of my ideas and, and much of my, many of my responses really are the brainchild um, of, of my mentor, Dr. Kim Geheb at C4 ECRAF and really have come out of, or let's say emerged around great debates and discussion with my team. Don LaRue and, and Mika Bourne. So, so just to say that, um, you know, the, these responses are are, are part of, of a larger discussion and, and I invite everyone who's listening also to, to share their thoughts. Um, but back to your question, Ola, on, on really what is ILM or Integrated Landscape Management? I think put simply, it's a way of seeing land and it's a way of governing land. So, you know, I mentioned our LFF project or program has 22 different projects around the world. Many of the practitioners that we work with stem from that biophysical sphere or that, that biophysical lens. Uh, and I think what we see is is a tendency to be biased towards that biophysical aspects. I think, of course, these are critically important. But when we say ILM, most of the focus with our practitioners tends to go to the word landscapes, mm. right? How we define the biophysical realms, the, the, the streams, the, the, the forest boundaries, you know, the soil. And these are all, of course, very critical. Mm. But our focus has been to, to I think, realign or let's say uh, change the dialogue towards the first word of ILM, which is integration. And so principally, when we say integrated landscape management, it's this emphasis uh, rather towards the human drivers and to the human behaviors mm. that actually create environmental degradation. So uh, my mentor Kim often says it, it's quite simple, um, but it's incredible how much it's actually lost on um, project implementation that the landscape doesn't destroy itself, mm. right? It's the, the, the landscape and, and the poly crisis we face, whether that be biodiversity and climate mm. or a result of human behaviors. Yet what we find in the actual project uh, project domain is that most of the emphasis is placed on that biophysical aspect. Tree planting, um, soil restoration, and again, I want to say these are all vital. Mm. They're absolutely critical. But if we want to make long-term change, we need to focus on the human behaviors that underpin the destruction of our landscapes. Mm. And so really, um, we define ILM as, as that integration component and that recogni- and that really that recognition that uh, a landscape is actually much more uh, than the biophysical boundaries, but it's a complex, integrated socioeconomic system, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's not just seeing the resources, but it's seeing the stakeholders within them. It's acknowledging the power dynamics between them. Uh, and really, ILM then, uh, as a result, is a process, right? Or practicing ILM is a process. And what we propose is a series of steps that can be taken by landscape leaders that help to identify and, and um, 
address the various behaviors of the actors within that landscape and, and fundamentally to manage the different claims on the landscape. Wow, this is this is profound, I must say. You said something which is important for me and also key. You talked about human behavior and I think it's really, really important. We cannot take away um, how humans behave as far as the management of the landscape is concerned. So thank you so much for that, Khalid. Okay, let us let us move on now. Can you tell us some of the key benefits of integrated landscape management? So what are the what are the benefits? Yeah, no, and I mean that you know that's a great maybe continuing on the train of thought from the, the first question. I think if we agree that a landscape and, and you know we speak about forests and we speak about grasslands, yeah. agricultural landscapes, or even you know if we zoom out to a watershed level. Hmm. By virtue of this approach, we actually understand that these landscapes are indeed systems, right? Hmm. And so we just we see we see these landscapes and these systems as a set of things. And so what ILM and what our approach to integrated landscape management tries to pay attention to is the relationship between these key aspects within a system. Right. And we understand that these different components of a system are integrated. And when we observe them, we actually observe different patterns of behavior. Right. And, and those those patterns could be destruction. It could be efficiency. It could be productivity. Um, there are many things that come out of observing the system. So what we've developed uh, as an ILM approach is a framework with six dimensions to implement ILM. Uh, just to give you a, a quick flavor, some of, yeah. some of these aspects or ingredients are multi-stakeholder fora, right? Creating spaces for dialogue and decision-making. Um, we, we tend to emphasize iterative and adaptive management, right? Being nimble-footed and flexible in how we approach the system. Stakeholder identification, um, uniting these stakeholders around a common vision. And then although overemphasized, we find still not forgetting that the technical solutions and the biophysical aspects are obviously critical that we need to get the biophysical part correct as well. Mm. Uh, and then finally, institutionalizing these these processes. Okay, so some of the benefits that, that we like to speak about, of course, are multi-stakeholder foras are, are, of course, a promising avenue for flexibility and adaptivity, especially if they're given, if they're given the opportunity to be decision-making spaces. Of course, they're also key for equity and inclusion, right? We speak about spatial leadership and holding the responsibility to create a space means addressing these power inequities. And so by congregating or bringing people together, multi-stakeholder foras have the opportunity, if we decide to design them in this way, to balance balanced stakeholder outcomes and balanced stakeholder uh, voices as well. Um, so multi-stakeholder fora, as I mentioned, I mean, effectively ILM is a holistic approach. Yeah. It considers multiple factors. Um, it allows you identify, to identify different entry points, uh, but effectively it's a process to interact with the system that we feel can lead to more produ uh, productive and efficient trajectories of these systems, whichever way we define them. Wow, that is amazing. Thank you so much for letting us know. Um, moving on, let us see ILM and climate change. So if I may ask you, how does integrated landscape management address uh, climate change adaptation and mitigation? So are there relationships or other others as well? Yeah, right. No, I mean, you know, this is a terrific question. Probably the, the question of the moment. We're all, of course, well aware <laughs> yeah. of that. I mean, the, the, the many the many challenges we currently face, right? Unprecedented in human history, unlike anything we've ever faced before. Um, 
you know, coming back to my last two responses, I think if we recognize these challenges as well as systems, we, we can probably group them into frameworks to try to understand the types of challenges that we're we're addressing. And I think this is where ILM and climate change, uh, or at least the benefits of an ILM approach, sort of emerge, right? Mm. So if we can see different types of systems, there's there's probably, you know, the first one, let's say, being a simple system, okay? And we could imagine that as a cake recipe, Ola, or let's say a, a jollof recipe yeah. for, for the Nigerian <laughs> Yeah, Maybe a little bit more complex than a cake recipe. But if your grandmother gives you a recipe um, from experience and using a blueprint approach, okay, you will arrive at a at an uh, intended outcome, right? You're, if you follow the recipe and put in the spices, mix all the ingredients together, you will likely arrive at a predictable, with, with very high predictability, a good bowl of... of jollof or a cake that's that's relatively good right mm, yeah this would be a simple system we then move to probably more comp- complicated systems right and and the complicated systems now we're dealing with unknown elements we can think a lot about uh let's say sending a rocket to the moon we don't know everything yeah. about space so there are some unpredictable things but we again use a blueprint approach in our experience to try to anticipate what might happen to build uh, to build and to experiment to a result that we're looking for when we think about landing on the moon it was apollo 11 right and that means that there were there were 10 previous attempts to land on the moon before we got to the moon with with apollo 11 yeah right yeah, that's true. so this this is now we're moving into a system which is more com- uh, complicated all right and then if we move to a complex system right a complex system now we are dealing with things that are highly unpredictable okay we're dealing with unknown unknowns okay and i think it, it's quite important that, that we, you know we recognize we can see climate change as a complex system we're dealing with something that's highly unpredictable yeah yeah our our climate models have been have been vastly wrong they've underestimated the impacts of climate change they've underestimated how quickly and how warm it's going to get you know we've already crossed six out of nine of our planetary boundaries so we're dealing with a system where we try our best to predict it but we are dealing with something that we've never faced before and so we we feel and i feel that ilm is then a systems approach that can allow practitioners to actually begin to experiment and embrace that they may be wrong to revisit our theories of change Hmm. And to use new information developed from tools and technologies to make new predictions. Okay, so if we understand the threat of climate change as a complex system, then we need to, uh, or, or we would propose that ILM and the, the ingredients and the characteristics of an ILM approach can be a fundamentally different way that we believe can lead to better outcomes. You know, I think we need to recognize that we're complex systems as human beings. Yeah. Right. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, I can I can try to predict that it will take me 30 minutes to get to work, but it could be, you know, it could be that there's traffic. So mm. on an individual level, we're complex, right? We're complex, that's true. When we, when, we, when, we, when we multiply that up to 7 billion people, we get magnificent levels of complexity, right? And that's the challenge in changing human behavior. And that's the benefit of using an ILM approach to try to address climate and biodiversity challenges within the landscapes that we we rely on. It's an acknowledgement that systems requires a management approach that is different. So we're dealing with a complex system and we need a different management approach to deal with this complexity. Wow. We are dealing with a complex problem. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for, for the insights you provided on um, the issue of climate change and ILM. 
So let us let us see it again from the perspective. Of, of course, you talked about uh, biodiversity conservation a bit, but I still want you to talk more on that. How does how does ILM contribute specifically to biodiversity conservation within within the landscapes? Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine it's too different from the climate change challenge. You know, I think mm, mm. what ILM attempts to do, and, and this is sort of coming back to the characteristics of ILM, it is yeah. to bring is to bring stakeholders together to allow for a dialogue and acknowledgement of the various challenges within that landscape. And so, you know, within our program, that's an acknowledgement that livelihoods are critical, but livelihoods mm. can come at the expense of, of biodiversity conservation. You know, the historical route, the the LM approach actually comes from the conservation space. So we, mm. we acknowledge conservation and moving beyond that to understand that we actually need to do a much better job at trying to find holistic solutions. I don't want to say which lead to win-wins because that would be overly optimistic, but yeah. that lead to wins and that reduce losses. Okay, so there's the economic, there's the economic perspective, there's the conservation uh, biodiversity perspective, there's the climate mitigation perspective, and it's acknowledging that these, all of these systems can can pull us in different ways, and there are some tough choices that need to be made. Um, ILM attempts a process to reconcile and acknowledge that this is actually the reality. It doesn't try to oversimplify the system. Um, so I wouldn't say that it actually uh, it, it differs in the climate change challenge. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's 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 great. That's great. So let us let us talk about um, challenges now, or yeah, challenges or obstacles. Um, are there? Of course, I know you are doing amazing work here in this space. Uh, are there are there no challenges or obstacles? To, to implementing ILM? Absolutely, that's a, that's a terrific question. I, I think when, <laughs> we, when we look at our program, the Landscapes for Our Future program, the yeah. the origin or the impetus for this investment from the European Commission was recognizing that ILM has actually been around for some time, okay? It, mm. It's had, you know, especially within C4 eCraft, we've, we've been focusing on integrated landscape management for over 20 years. Um, wow. It, it's, it's, however, it's been maintained with, um, or let's say it's retained its theoretical uh, and, and the literature will acknowledge this, that there's a lack of robust evidence from the field, right? We don't have a tremendous, we don't have a tremendous volume of, of robust evidence to say that ILM has actually led to these benefits, but this comes fundamentally down to the other two challenges that I do want to speak about, right? It's that, yeah fundamentally one of the major challenges that ILM needs time, mm. right? I, I am, the approach is actually looking more long-term at some of these fundamental relationships that need to be built that will lead to long-term change. Mm. And this often, this often, or this emphasis on process and this need for time is often misaligned with what do donors are actually willing to fund, mm. right? It, it doesn't necessarily fit into project cycles or donor cycles, which we all know can be quite fickle or, you know, the, the political agenda can change quite quickly. And so this has been a significant um, challenge to adoption of a, an ILM approach, right? Um, yeah. I, I think one of the other challenges is that naturally the, the uh, de facto or the baseline is disintegrated, disintegrated institutions within the policy environments, right? So we have Ministry of Forestry and Ministry of Agriculture and Ministry of 
environment. We, we've taken the environment and a complex system and we've simplified it into silos. I mean, this, this will not be new. We, we, we've, I'm sure many of your other guests have spoken about, you know, trying to overcome silos and the challenge of trying to do so. So integration, or, or I should say the threat of integration is still a major challenge. You know, we, from a theoretical perspective, when we land within actual landscapes, it's rare that that there are uh, spaces or forums that are created for integration within these various systems, and that creates tremendous challenges, right? Okay. Uh, and then I think maybe the third the third challenge is is when we actually reflect on what we're asking practitioners to do with ILM, it's to interface with stakeholders, and often given the root of ILM and conservation many of those skill sets and i spoke about it at the beginning around this over focus on the biophysical yeah we tend to have we, we tend to lack a lot of these soft skills which are critical to build trust we're talking about skills of mediation uh, skills of of uh, get gathering and trust building and building social capital these types of skill sets um are often undervalued within the ilm space and that has to do somewhat with the over focus on the biophysical and the root of ILM in the conservation agenda. Wow. Thank you so much for, for talking about the, the challenges and and some of the obstacles in in implementing um, ILM. So um Khalil, let us let us I want us to talk about the people and other stakeholders. You know, um, initially when we started this uh, show, you you talked about humans as a, a key factor <laughs> in the ILM, ILM um, cycle, so to speak, or approach. Yeah. Let me ask you, how can people and other stakeholders get more involved in ILM? I, I know a lot of people, of course, just like you said, this approach has been around for a long time, but um, I still feel that um, some people are not really aware what it is actually yeah so how, how, how do you think people or let me say other stakeholders who are, who are critical contributors in this space can get more involved in in the integrated landscape management initiative yeah no that, that's a, that's a great question i think maybe to start let me propose yeah. <laughs> that they, they already are uh mm. practicing an ilm approach I think we, we, we should acknowledge that many of the actors, and, and I think this has been uh, validated by a lot of the work that we've been doing in our program, many yeah. of our already adopting and implementing aspects of ILM. They're already convening multi-stakeholder forum. They may be mm. calling it something different, but, but they are practicing many of these elements. They are active collaborative management. So I think my first point is that it's critical we don't get bogged down in too much jargon. Um, and, and rather, <laughs> well, there is, uh, if, if they're acknowledging the complexity of their landscape and there's an agreement by them to address complexity with creativity instead of oversimplifying their system, they're already creating uh, opportunities to push the right levers within the system and allowing for new solutions, right? They're already building social capital, they're already working with their communities, already addressing these and designing spaces to create benefits. So I think publishing and, and, and putting out knowledge products online, everything from how to develop a multi-stakeholder fora, a seven-part series. We also have our YouTube channel, which, which has a number of lectures, a number of demonstrations, a number of... Um, opportunities to learn more about some of the key aspects of ILM. Yeah, and this is not just born out of 
the LFF program. But as I mentioned, C4ECraft has a long history of implementing landscape approaches or integrated landscape management. Uh, we have other projects called Governing Multifunctional Landscapes and uh, the CoLands program. So there's a tremendous amount of knowledge that's already been developed that is already available. And so I invite everyone who um, finds this interesting, who thinks that this is something that they'd like to learn more about to join trying to do and, and the knowledge exchange. But, you know, we understand that now the hard work starts. And so what we're going to be producing out of that LFF Summit is, is a number of uh, state of knowledge papers and guidance documents. And, and we're hoping uh, engaging products that invite more people to join our landscapes journey and landscape story. So that's what I'd wow. say on my side. <laughs> Wow, this is this is amazing. <laughs> Thank you yeah, for, for share the links with you um, so that you can get, share them with your listeners as well, so it's easy for them to access. Yes, yes, I'm I'm going to um, put on the on the description of the um, of this uh, discussion when 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 I'm sharing. Yeah, I mean this is amazing. Thank you for for bringing more insights to what we are talking about today on Amni podcast. So, Khalil, before I let you go, um, what are your final words on this episode? Yeah, I, I think just to extend, uh, you know, a real uh, show of gratitude to towards you, Ola. I think we uh, need to embrace new media types. Mm. Uh, I myself am a podcast lover, so uh, I, I find it really exciting to be able to contribute to to your podcast. Uh, I hope your listeners enjoyed enjoyed the uh, the episode, and, and I'm very much available to to continue to have these these dialogues and discussions. So feel free to reach yeah, out. Definitely. To me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, I will. So, I think this is so important. You know, we can't we can't stay uh, we can't stay stuck in our ways of reports and and uh, journal articles. So I think um, this has been really inspiring for me, and and I think even you asking me these questions have forced me to reflect on what's important about this approach. So I just want to say mm. thank you. To you. That's all. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on this episode of Amni Podcast, where we talked about um, integrated landscape management initiatives. Thank you once again, Khalil, for, for joining us. Thanks so much, Ola. Cheers, everyone. All right. all right. Thank you so much to all our listeners. We want to say keep listening to Amni Podcast and see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.